0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the sixth episode of the Overland Sports Lamp Line. I am your host, Nathan Kennedy, joined by my other co-host, Nolan Russell. Nolan, how do it be
1: hanging? It be hanging well. Thank you for asking, <laughs> sir.
0: <laughs> All right. How is it hanging with you? Uh, not too bad. I mean... Uh, it was a bit of a struggle, I think, on both sides uh, when we were trying to set up our rankings for not only the, the individual awards, but also the team, uh, all NBA teams and things along those lines, our rankings that we happen to have. We were even talking about it before the show, a lot of classification, little nitpicking that we had to do to iron a few things out, but uh, I think we kind of both concluded with fairly good lists that we're kind of confident in. So we'll start, we'll start with the awards and we'll start at the bottom. So I want to hear what your five are for Coach of the Year, whether or not you want to start from the bottom, start from the top, whatever you want to do.
1: Yeah, sure. Okay, so I got my number five is Doc Rivers, number four, Nate McMillan, number three, Monty Williams, number two, Quinn Snyder, and number one, Tom Thibodeau.
0: So for my five, I have Steve Nash of the Nets. Uh, for four, I have Doc Rivers, 76ers, uh, Tom Thibodeau of the Knicks. Uh, Quinn Snyder at two with the Jazz, and then Monty Williams at one.
1: Okay, so sorry, you had Doc at number five also?
0: Uh, I had Doc at four.
1: Oh, and who was your five? Uh, Steve Nash. Okay, so you don't have Nate McMillan. Okay, that's
0: interesting. No, Nate Nate McMillan was the only... He was like the big one that was on the bubble for me. I was really tempted to put him in. The only reason I did Nash really... like The only thing that sold it for me in my mind was, although he does have an influx of individual talent with Harden, Kyrie, and Durant, um, I think the ability to like considering how much time that they've been able to play individually, they haven't really been able to put all of them on the floor at the same time. I think his management with kind of those difficulties and being able to implement kind of a newer system with all that individual talent encompassed in it. And he also he, he had great involvement over the entire season with their role players. A lot of the time you would see you'd see them kind of taking a lot of influx of minutes considering a lot of their stars who have missed time here and there. For a rookie coach in the NBA, you couldn't have really picked handpicked a better first season than what Nash did this year. So I feel like I kind of had to give him credit And as I said, Nate McMillan would be the only guy that could kind of take that five spot from him.
1: Yeah, I mean I I had Nash at six, so I don't I don't hate that pick. I just think McMillan, you know, the Hawks fired their coach when they were fourteen to twenty. McMillan comes in and they've gone twenty and eight since they've hired him. Like he, he took a team that was not even in the playoff picture and now they're they're battling for a top four seed in the east so i don't know how much credit he necessarily gets for that it could just be like the team starting to click starting to get healthy and whatnot but i really think mcmillan deserves at least a part of the credit and i think he should be in the in the top five candidates so that's that's why i have him in there but i i don't mind the steve nash choice it was kind of between him and doc rivers for for the five spot for me but
0: Yeah. And I mean, I guess I'll just work my way up like little tidbits here and there, but Doc Rivers takes, I want to say a middling 76ers franchise. I think that's probably the most generous word I could use. They really, I don't want to say haven't had much of an identity over the last few years, but they've been really struggling to get over the hump. And I think this is the best in terms of what I've seen on the floor and the capabilities being maximized by a lot of their talent. I feel like this is the best 76ers team I've seen in a few years. I think Doc just kind of being able to implement a great two-way game to a team that at times has been inconsistent I think is very very impressive and we're seeing it now I mean Embiid's playing the best season of arguably of his career are very high on my MVP list I don't want to give away too much but uh, how much credit that gives to Doc Rivers I mean however much you want to give it I I guess to to each their own but uh I think he's really coming and revitalized kind of a franchise who has underperformed at least in the postseason for the last few years but I mean second second in the East they haven't been playing great lately but I mean one of the best home records in the uh, in the East one of the best win percentages in the league you can't really look past it I mean he came and made an immediate impact he brings he brings a veteran experience that locker room and you know he has that kind of championship mentality because he's been there before and I feel like for a fairly young team who kind of hasn't been in many deep runs in the playoffs I feel like that's the exact thing that they need
1: Uh, I guess just going off that we basically both had the same top three right Right? Just yeah. different order yeah, So sh- just I think to mind. me those are those are pretty much the clear uh consensus top three here. But I think it's very much up for debate which one deserves it. So you had Monty as your number one. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, I had Monty, Monty, Quinn, and then uh Tibbs.
1: Okay. So I had Tibbs, then Quinn, then Monty. So I had the exact flip of you. So mm. for me, like it was it was kind of a toss up there. I think the biggest thing here is just the fact that the Knicks were such a huge surprise this season. Like I don't think anyone expected this and. Thibodeau's just been such an important part of just revamping the roster and taking a young team that had some intriguing pieces but just couldn't seem to put it together and just getting them to buy in on the defensive end and and play team basketball and I've just been really really impressed with the Knicks so that's why he comes in at number one for me but uh, Snyder and, and Williams are, are both very much in the conversation leading their teams to the, the two best records in the league right now and, and also both of them are, are like their teams have kind of been surprising as well like They were obviously good rosters that people expected to do well but nobody really expected this much from them so I think yeah for sure those two guys are also firmly in the discussion here
0: yeah and I don't and I don't want to discredit Tibbs at all I mean going into a Knicks organization that for the most part again you want to talk about a team with a loss of identity I mean they haven't seen that kind of uh, winning winning form recently and the fact that Thibodeau came in and could take a young roster and kind of take it under his wing and kind of instill within them that they could play way past their potential or at least what was uh, put on their shoulders um, they've they've really as you said defied all expectations this year and I mean a lot of that is Coming on the back of uh, Julius Randle and a few other more impressive young guys that they have on the roster, but all credit to Tibbs there. I mean, he really did instill a lot of confidence in that youth core. We're starting to see it now. They're what? Still, still fourth in the uh, in the East.
1: Yeah, they're fourth, battling yeah. with the Hawks right now for fourth. Yeah,
0: and then yeah, I guess for for Monty and Quinn, much like the same thing. I mean, not like the expectations were very low. Like they were both expected to be middle seeds going into the playoffs. The addition of uh, Chris Paul, like along with uh, along with Monty's work with the team this year. I mean, I think it has a lot to do with their success. Um, I also didn't anticipate the Jazz to be as high as they were, I expect them to be around the fourth, fifth seed at this point in the season, but again, as much as much as they get a lot of credit, a lot of the individual talent on their on their teams respectively does carry a lot of that weight, but uh, I mean, I think those, as you said, those top three, I think whichever way you kind of shake it up, I think you, you could justify it to a point, but yeah, the, the top three of Monty, Quinn, and Tibbs, regardless of what order you have, I think is pretty fair.
1: I think the only one that I could potentially see sneaking in is McMillan, because of the fact that he came in like halfway through the season, and they've been really good since he came in, so if they continue to like play really, really well down the stretch, I, I could definitely see him getting in because, because of the fact that they just have, they would have such a better record under him. So if they can like continue to do that for the remainder of the season, I definitely think he, he would belong in the conversation. It's just, I think too many, too small of a sample right now. He hasn't been there enough games to, to firmly enter the top three for me, but I, I could see him getting in by the end of the season if they continued their recent stretch.
0: Yeah, i uh, I don't disagree. I don't disagree either. So, where do you want to Where do you want to take this next? Do you want to do six man, or do you want to do a different one?
1: Let's go to six man. Sure.
0: Okay. Um, I just want to give a little bit of a shout out here. Um, I'm going to give my top six because I feel like my six does deserve a bit of credit. My six is Chris Boucher. I would put him a bit higher. He hasn't been playing great. Uh, compared to the beginning of the season. He was a lot higher on my list um, earlier in the year, but he hasn't been playing bad at all. But uh, I guess we'll start at my five. I have Terrence Ross, Montrez Harrell, Joe Ingles, Jalen Brunson, and Jordan Clarkson at one.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much what I got. Uh, I have Montrez as my six and Boucher as my seven. I actually have Shake Milton at number five. Mm-hmm. That's That's the one that you didn't have, but... Aside from that, it's it's the same list, really. It's uh Clarkson as my number one, Ingles at two, and Brunson at three, and then Rosset. At-
0: yeah, and I mean, do you want to do you want to start with your uh, with your uh, I guess logic behind your choices first?
1: Yeah, sure. Um I think Shake Milton's been huge for uh the Sixers just really making sure that they they have someone they can rely on when their stars sit. He's he's kind of the main engine driving their uh bench scoring. He's averaging about 13 points per game right now, shooting about 45% from the field, so pretty good efficiency, also averaging around 3 assists. So, just across the board, he's he's been very productive. Played 53 games this season, so he hasn't really sat out ever. And with the Sixers, you know they've had some injury problems like all season, and he's been someone that's kind of been relied on to to take extra minutes when someone goes down, and he's just continued to step up for a team that is yeah one of the better teams in the league. So I, I think he belongs in the conversation for that. Terrence Ross consistently been one of the better bench players in the league over the past few years. He's pretty much been the Magic's best player since the trade deadline, even though he kind of went down with an injury very recently, but still prior to that point he was playing very well he's averaging around 16 points per game on the season so really really good production from a from a bench player jalen brunson yeah we both had him in our top three he's someone that often gets overlooked i think uh maybe just because luca gets a lot of the spotlight in dallas but jalen brunson like really really good player super efficient great score he passes well he's he's near the top of uh of the league in both bench scoring and bench assists averaging around 12 and a half points three and a half assists three and a half rebounds as well shooting 52% from the field as a point guard which is very, very efficient. 39% from three as well. So uh for me, like he's definitely in in the top three. And then I've got the pair of Utah players uh right in there with them. Uh Jordan Clarkson I think is is pretty much the clear favorite at this point. Uh he's just Yeah, he's been great all season. He's uh, averaging 17 points per game, the most among uh, bench players, plus four rebounds, two assists. Um, And then Joe Ingles is someone that just consistently fills his role and and plays it very well. Hyper efficient, shooting 48% from three, 51 for the field, 85 from free throw line, averaging 12 points, four assists, four rebounds, like just fills up the stat sheet. All the kind of uh, offensive production you want from a bench player. And he's also very solid defensively for a team that's uh, top of the league right now. So his uh, his value can't be understated.
0: I mean, I don't even really know how to take it now. You kind of just took all my talking points. <laughs> yeah, um, no, no, it's okay. I mean, I'd rather I'd rather you cover the same stuff that I was going to cover anyway. But uh, I mean, much like you said, like I'll start at the bottom again, but Terrence Ross again, like you said, has been one of the better bench players over the last few years, especially since, as you mentioned, post-trade deadline prior to him getting hurt, he has been one of the better like bench players, uh, six-man candidates in the league. Um, and I mean, same thing can be said about montres Harold, he's been a huge part of that team. I mean, really provided a lot of stability off the bench. Um, And I've been really impressed with, uh, he's surprisingly come a long way with his offensive game this year. I've kind of seen him break out a lot of things that I haven't seen um, in the last few seasons from him. Maybe just uh, fresh legs in a new city, I think would have a lot to do with that, kind of just trying to dress to impress, so to speak. But he's been playing very, very well. And the only reason that I don't have Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson together is is because uh, I didn't really want to put him one and two. So that is one of the reasons why I put Jalen Brunson there. But as you said, he also deserves a lot of credit, like considering that he is, for the most part, like a lot of players on that roster, kind of overshined by Luka and his star power. Um, I mean, Brunson has quietly been having an extremely good season, as you mentioned. I mean, extremely efficient from a guard. And again, the two two Utah boys, I mean, there's not really much more to be said. I mean, as you said, Ingles is hyper-efficient, extremely good defensively, and Clarkson has just been by far the most, I guess, most productive bench player in the league, just to say it simply. Yeah, I mean, we pretty much had the same list aside from Shake Milton, and I could definitely understand why you have Shake Milton in there. And I mean, if we don't have anything else to talk about, uh, for the six man i mean we might as well move swiftly on a most improved
1: yep sounds good
0: uh you could you could start this time if you want
1: okay so most improved player i got a few uh honorable mentions i want to put out first uh chris boucher once again honorable mention he was uh in my top five for most of the season but he's just recently slipped out and then i've got a trio of okc thunder players that i think all deserve consideration lou dort darius Bazley, and shea gilgis alexander they've all uh, impressed me this season. And then De'Aaron Fox is another one that I think kind of uh, maybe people aren't like giving him as much credit as he deserves because he was already a good player, but he's stepped his game up and he's been even better this season. But in terms of my top five, I've got Michael Porter Jr. at number five, Christian Wood at four, Zion Williamson at three, and then the top two pretty much all season has been Jeremy Grant and Julius Randle. I think Grant was leading the way for for a good chunk of this season, but Randle is, has really started to pull away in the second half.
0: Yeah, I mean, we have we do have very- very similar list, I will say, just off the jump. I think the one the one main similarity that we had that you mentioned is uh, the honorable mention of Lou Dort. I mean, he's he's really impressed me on both sides of the ball this year. I mean, extremely tenacious on defense, very, very efficient on defense as well, Like, does not give up easy buckets. But our our list, I guess, is pretty much the same. I don't know who you had at your three, but I have Zion at my five. I have Christian Wood at my four. Uh, MPJ, Michael Porter Jr. is my three. Jeremy Grant and then Julius Randle. Yeah,
1: I'd- so we have the same five. Uh, I just had Zion and MPJ switched Mm -hmm.
0: but I mean I guess I'll I'll start this time I mean Zion kind of speaks for itself I mean he's kind of shed his skin and I guess uh admitted into his second form so to speak but I mean it just it's no surprise that Zion's going to keep getting better and better and he's kind of going to get a lot more comfortable as the as the time passes season to season but I mean he's he's really impressed me this year I mean just the poise that he plays with for his size and just kind of takes what he's given but not only that but he kind of he can attack at will. that kind of just comes with the size that he has but Zion is going to be Zion and I mean I kind of feel like I had to give him some respect to put him on this list I wish I could put him in the MVP conversation but I don't really think he's uh, he up to that standard yet. Uh, But Christian Wood, he was in my top three for a lot of the season. Uh, I wrote my most improved article a few months ago. He was, uh, I think he was at my second or third at that time again a guy a guy who's been playing really well this season made a lot of big strides from last year really rounded out uh his offensive game i mean he's he's been showing up defensively pretty much the entire season but i, I love i love his game and then uh yeah i guess we'll we'll move swiftly on to my three michael porter jr had kind of an unfortunate uh season last year considering the injuries that he had to deal with so i kind of expected this kind of bounce back for him but he he's really impressed me i mean even coming from college uh from mizzou i expected him to have this kind of impact year one given given if he would have uh began his career with a healthy season, but I really like MPJ's game and I was really high on him, as I mentioned coming into the NBA, but he's really starting to prove that now, which is uh, which is making me and I assume Nuggets fans very happy as well, considering how much youth they have on that team and the potential moving forward. And I mean, Jeremy Grant kind of speaks for itself, was number one on my on my board for most of the season, uh, barring barring the recent stretch of Julius Randle's unbelievable performance. But Jeremy Grant was extremely surprising. Uh, one of the biggest jumps in NBA history in terms of points per game, I feel like that definitely deserves noting, but Jeremy Grant's been extremely impressive. I think he's gotten a lot more minutes, which is definitely improved his productivity for sure i mean that kind of comes hand in hand but yeah i mean jeremy grant is definitely the rightful too and then the uh the cream of the crop so to speak is definitely julius Randle. um especially impacted by that uh recent nine game stretch that was halted by uh phoenix by the phoenix suns and chris paul's hand i mean one more really needs to be said he's had an unbelievable season he's provided the knicks with the poster boy mentality of stability that you could possibly want for the power forward position i mean really been able to do it all his game has evolved tremendously in the last year and a half two years And I mean, we're kind of seeing a new a new Julius Randall. I mean, he's kind of taking players on one on one as opposed to kind of just he used to kind of just play as a post player, to be honest. But he's uh, he's really molded his game and he's really developed in a very short amount of time into someone who is kind of a perennial superstar, or at least on the breakthrough of that. So I think uh, I think it's definitely his award to lose at this point.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I, I don't think it's even really close anymore. I think Grant was definitely in the conversation for a while really up to scoring this season but i think a lot of that also just has to do with the fact that he was on a nuggets team last year where he just didn't have a huge role and now he's uh now he's the best player on a, a really bad pistons team so certainly his stats are up just based on that alone but i do think he's he's shown some strides and made improvements uh as a shooter, ball handler, shot creator, passer like just really tidying up his game and and improving in a lot of ways so i definitely think he's uh he's a very strong number 2 and and could have won in a lot of other years but right now julius randall uh i'm assuming this is not gonna be the last time we talk about randall in this uh this awards debate so i'll I'll keep it brief but in terms of improving nobody's improved more than randall in in a while frankly he's really taken a step up this season he's he's yeah he's playing amazing really improved as a three-point shooter completely revamped his uh his shooting much much better and his passing like his playmaking his ball handling passing just in general like Across the board, such a better player this season, turned himself into a legitimate star in New York, and he's the face of the franchise right now. And like, nobody really saw that coming. So congrats to him. He's he's pretty much a clear lock to win this award at this point. Yeah,
0: I do want to give a little segue really quick before we move on to rookie of the year. I was one of the haters when they originally signed him on that contract. I thought that they overpaid for him. I'm very happy that I'm wrong in this circumstance. And I'm very happy that he has developed into the star that he's uh, quickly becoming again, like much like LeBron. I'm very happy to see the next win. It's extremely refreshing seeing one of those franchises who hasn't done well in a while kind of start to succeed. Again, it's all kind of on the back of Randall like Randall has kind of provided a lot of stability for that offense and he's very extremely versatile and he's been able to facilitate his teammates really well, like even, even the rookie manual quickly, like he He's developed really quickly uh, on the back of uh, Randall's play, I think. Yeah, there's really not much more that we haven't said that needs to be said. But
1: I mean, even defensively, like he's taken a hugely much better defensively this season. I think part of that is Thibodeau, but mm-hmm. he's really put he's always had the athletic gifts to be good on that end. But he's he's hustling a lot more and he's he's playing smarter and all around much better player. So, yeah, great job by him this season. But We can segue into the defensive player of the year now. Yeah, if you yeah, we you, you want to go first.
0: Uh, Yeah, I could go first for defensive player of the year. This one was really hard for me. Like this one, it, it is primarily big men. It is it is kind of hard to not at that point. But so I'll just, I'll give you my list and then you can give me your list and then we'll go from there. But I have Joel Embiid at five. I have Giannis Antetokounmpo at four. I have Miles Turner at three. I have Benjamin Simmons at two, and I have Rudy Gobert at one.
1: Yeah, well, I hate to be so similar, but I have the exact same top four in the exact same order. The only <laughs> difference I have is that I have Embiid at six, and currently I have Draymond at five. I like But that. that one, to me, is is very shaky. I think Draymond, Capella, Embiid, Adebayo. Yeah. Pretty much throw any one of those guys into the top five. I got Draymond. I, he's been absolutely crucial to the Warriors just uh improving on the defensive end this season they started the year with Draymond hurt and they were terrible on that end and since he's come back they've actually been one of the better defensive teams so I think a lot of the credit goes to him and that's that's ultimately what got him the fifth spot I got Giannis at four uh actually yeah we both have the exact same order right I think yeah uh, yeah.
0: Giannis Turner Simmons Gobert
1: yeah, I have the same. So, yeah, Giannis is the reigning defensive player of the year. Once again, he's been an absolute menace on that and extremely versatile, great rim protector, anchors a very strong Bucks defense just across the board. Really, for me, the the main reason he's dropped down, like last year, he was clearly my number one, and I was glad he won it. Across the board, his uh, defensive numbers just aren't as good this season, and I, the Bucks as a whole haven't been as good defensively. They've still been great, but not best in the league like they were last year. And I just think he's not going to be able to really contend to win it again if if his numbers aren't quite as they quite as good as they were last year. I think people are just going to look at the fact that he's kind of dropped off a little bit. So for that reason, I only have him at four. Miles Turner is my number three. He's leading the league in blocks per game, averaging 3.4 blocks per game at the moment. It's pretty crazy. Nobody. He racks up those kind of blocks nowadays. Based on his rib protection and his shot blocking alone, he has to be in the conversation. But he's also just a pretty good versatile defender and really important to the Pacers' uh defense as a whole. Like they don't really have a lot of great defenders on that end. And, and Turner kind of just helps anchor that team. And then my top two is Simmons and Gobert. Really uh polar opposites here. On one hand, you got Simmons who's probably the most versatile defender in the entire league, can really guard one to five with no problem. He's been a huge part of making the Sixers just an all-around elite defensive team this season and then Gobert on the other hand maybe not as versatile but his rim protection and uh his ability to just take away the lanes and just really like nobody nobody's scoring inside if, if he's actually in his position unlike he was at the end of the of his most I, was, I was
0: wondering if i was going to be the one to bring it up or if it was be you.
1: <laughs> aside from that that one gaff, uh i mean obviously every player is going to have a few gaffes that one that one was really bad but for yeah. the most part Gobert has been a monster on the defensive end this season leads the league in defensive rating and it's really not even close 100.5 points per 100 possessions so about a point like per possession which is really low and uh second highest in the league is capella with 105.7 so that's that's a pretty significant gap of almost six points like that's huge Obviously, you know defensive rating is kind of a team-based stat. Like, it's it's not going to give you a perfect analysis of a defender because you know your teammates are obviously going to affect that. But the fact that Gobert is comfortably first in the league while also being second in the league in blocks per game with almost three per game, two-time defensive player of the year. And I think this is the best defensive season he's ever had. So he's he's definitely my number
0: one. Mm-hmm. I uh, I mean, again, much like much like our other one, there really isn't much that you didn't cover that I, that I have to say here, but I do want to give a quick shout out. I think Clint Capella is definitely my comfortable number six uh, in this ranking. I mean, he's had a great defensive season. I mean, he's much like O'Bear, where he's kind of just, if he's in the right position, you really cannot get within like six to eight feet of the rim. Like you're just not, there's no easy buckets on him so to speak he's come a long way and for like for the hawks who aren't necessarily a great defensive team for him to be second in the league at defensive rating i feel like shows a lot of like who he is as an individual and what he brings to the floor but yeah i think it's it's pretty indicative of his individual uh defensive talent for sure and i think uh i saw not beat at five i think that's the only uh shake up that i have besides your list the only reason i went with a beat is because much like much like you said the 76ers are one of the best defensive teams in the league this year and I mean the combo of Simmons uh, kind of just taking whoever he wants uh, on the perimeter with uh, with a bead anchoring down the paint. I feel like is pretty lethal. Um, and I feel like it's it's kind of both sides of that coin. I mean as high as high as we are on Simmons, I mean I think a bead definitely deserves a lot of credit with that. And yeah, uh, much much for the same reason. Like Giannis would have been higher on my list. His stats aren't really as good as they were last year, much like you said. But he's still he's still the same player. I mean he still provides the same issues uh, when you're driving it on him. When you switch onto a smaller player, when you switch onto a center, I mean wherever he lines up at, it makes it difficult for the opponent to game plan again against. And Miles Turner, I mean, as you said, he's really uh, the anchor of that defense. There really isn't another player who kind of matches his defensive ability on the floor. And he kind of just, he provides stability in the paint. He's really that anchor that you need to really know that you're stable, that that you can allow people to kind of drive by for the help and you can allow, up, uh, you can kind of lock down on perimeter shooting at that point. And I mean, as you said, Simmons, the most versatile defender in the league, there's there's really no ifs, ands, or buts about that. I mean, he could guard one through five. as much As much as I want to give him the nod, it's tough to kind of ignore Gobert. Gobert is basically anyone in the league on steroids when it comes to paint defense. His, his reach, his, his ability to kind of make every single shot within 10 feet of the rim uncomfortable is kind of unmatched. And yeah, aside aside from the gaff as you mentioned, I mean, he's really the clear-cut number one at this point. It would take a lot for Simmons in these last 9 or 10 games to make a push for the award. I think he's really one of the only ones that can do it. Uh, much like the most improved award, I think it is kind of Gobert's award to lose, and really, I don't really see him sliding. I would be interested to see, though, if he could maybe eclipse three blocks per game by the end of the year, that would take an extreme amount of productivity. I don't really see it happening, but it'd be a very interesting, very interesting storyline if he managed to reach uh three blocks per game. I think that would be kind of just the icing on the cake for his uh for his defensive player of the year profile this year.
1: No, I definitely agree. I mean, 2.8 blocks per game is still really high. Most <laughs> years, that would have been enough to to lead the league you know at least in in recent times but yeah this season turner's just blocking shots like a menace 3.4 per game is crazy but yeah. yeah i i kind of agree i think gobert is pretty much the clear favorite at this point although i do think that gaff is going to lose him some vote like that's i, th- I think so that, too that could cost him some votes mm-hmm. even though he's just been a dominant force on defense for like 90 percent of the season so yeah One it's
0: mistake. just it's considering how much the media likes to blow up certain things like i with how much air time that got i wouldn't be surprised if he lost a few votes here and there the cat And now I guess we move on to the uh, to the king of the hill of uh, individual awards. We have the MVP award. So do we want to do top 10 or do we want to do top five?
1: Let's do top 10, like name our top 10, but just kind of explain our top five. So
0: even even looking at my list now, like I don't I'm not as sold as I was at the beginning on my list.
1: My list. Yeah, I I kind of agree. I think we have an unusually high number of MVP candidates this year. I think there's a there's a pretty clear number one. And then after that, you've got like eight or nine guys that you could make a case for being like top five. So it it gets really tough after that. But I guess I'll just start by naming my guys. I got a little bit of a cop out on my 10th spot. I, I just uh, put Rudy Gobert slash Donovan Mitchell. I feel like you got to have a Utah Jazz player in the top 10. They're, they're the number one seed in the league right now. And if the Suns were to pass them, I think I, I would replace... Uh, either go i guess i would if i had to pick i'd probably go go bear as my number 10 here but if the suns take over the number one spot from them i would replace go with chris paul but for now i have go bear number nine julius randall he's been a monster this year enough said number eight Kyrie Irving, I think he's been the most consistently uh, available player for the Nets out of their big three. He's been performing very well this season. Yeah, so that's, that's why he gets that spot. Number seven, I've got Luka Doncic. Number six, Damian Lillard. And then my top five, I have Kawhi Leonard at five, Giannis at four, Steph Curry at three, Joel Embiid at two, and Nikola Jokic at one. So uh, we'll switch over to Nate and then uh, I guess I'll explain that in greater detail.
0: I mean, we have, we do have very similar lists. I think the arrangement of the list is a bit different, but at 10, at 10, I have almost a three-way tie or I guess two-way tie. It seems like a bit of a cop-out uh, much like you said, like I have Mitchell and Gobert at 10 and nine. So I have Mitchell at 10 prior to his injury, considering people could probably still pass him at this point. Uh, and then I've Gobert at nine. Honorable mention quickly for 10. I could definitely put either uh, Bradley Beal or Devin Booker were two guys that were really on the bubble for me. Beal's leading the league in scoring and Devin Booker's had an unbelievable season combined with how well the Suns are doing. And I guess we'll move from there. I do have Chris Paul at eight. I think Chris Paul has provided a lot of stability for that team and he provides a lot of two-way game where they were kind of lacking before, like not to say that they weren't a great defensive team, but he really kind of anchors out the guard position for them. At seven, I have Kawhi. Kawhi definitely could have been higher. It's just kind of the guys ahead of him did it a lot more, so to speak for me, but uh, Kawhi's had a great season. I mean, the Clippers are playing really well and he's playing much like people expected him to play. I mean, that's why I feel like there's really no surprise that he's here. I have Steph Curry at six. That's a bit low. I, especially considering how well he's played recently, I think that could definitely go up to four, if not three. But I currently have him at six, just considering where the Warriors are sitting. I think if they happen to be a bit higher, it would hold a little bit more weight for me. I just think it would be unjust for him to kind of sit above guys who have definitely. I don't know not to say cemented themselves through their team's play but kind of shown a lot more throughout the entire season um and i mean him missing time didn't really help either i think if he was fully healthy i think it would have done a lot more for his uh for his campaign uh, i have Luka Doncic at five no surprise there i mean luke has done everything that's been asked of him this season the Mavs have been playing really well especially considering that they've been missing porzingis for a significant amount of time this year and then i guess i'll just keep moving forward so we so that you can get on with your stuff but uh damian lillard at four that's really no surprise i mean dame's been unreal this season uh, he's been arguably the best guard in the league. Aside from Curry, or even Kyrie, or or even Doncic, I mean, again, it's like one of those things that's really hard. And then my my three is the same as yours, just switched around a little bit. I have Embiid, and then Giannis, and then my clear cut number one, my, much like most people, I would hope, is Nikola Jokic.
1: Number three is Steph for me, as you kind of briefly alluded to. He's just been unbelievably good recently, uh, and those numbers, like the the scoring averages he's put up for that team, have just been video game crazy. Yeah, just like consistently carrying their offense. Uh, He's he's currently averaging 31 points per game on the season, second in the league. And he's just barely behind Bradley Beal, too. So he could end up uh, overtaking him for the scoring title. Shooting 49% from the field, an absurd 43% from three on 12 shot attempts, which is just unbelievable. And then also 92% from the free throw line. So hyper efficient, of course, as he always is. And the Warriors offense without him is dead last in the league, like when he's on the bench. Mm -hmm. or when he doesn't play. And with him, they're they're top 10 offense in the league. So that to me is just truly indicative of, of his value. He brings the best out of his teammates, draws a lot of attention from defenses. And while the team success isn't quite there, they're still a positive record right now. And I'm banking on them, hopefully, bumping their record up just enough to squeeze into the playoffs and get Curry uh, a little bit more MVP consideration. But I could see some people scoffing at my pick of having him third based on the fact that the Warriors are kind of not even in a playoff spot right now. But Steph's just been unreal this season and super important for them.
0: Oh, I don't yeah, I don't disagree either. I mean, as I said, like Curry could definitely be higher. I just think if he if he played for more of the season and combined with maybe a little bit more team success, I mean, considering a lot of their roster has been hurt the entire year. I mean, the fact that he's missing clay and still putting up these numbers is still unbelievable. I guess it does come with him not really having to share the ball as much. But still, I mean, he's been playing unbelievable lately. Just looking at my list. I did want to make a quick note. I would like to informally swap Chris Paul with Kyrie. I didn't realize that I didn't have Kyrie when I had remade my list. I think Kyrie definitely deserves consideration. I mean, pretty much the anchor of uh, of the Nets' success for most of the season. Has played the majority of games out of the out of the big three superstars that they have, and I mean he's really done everything asked. He's played unbelievable this season. His ability to facilitate not only for himself but for his teammates is something that's very underappreciated. I mean, in terms of how much you consider he, him to be one of the greatest one on one scorers of all time. I mean, his ability to set up his teammates, and I mean, much like Curry, draws a lot of attention. Um, I feel like goes a long way. But, I mean, I guess we'll just kind of go through and we'll talk about our differences as we go. So, at three, I had Giannis. Much like much like Curry, his impact and drawing attention is kind of one of those things that uh, kind of sets him apart from a lot of people. And Giannis is one of those guys whose impact on both sides of the floor is kind of exponential so to speak i mean there's only so much that you can really chalk up to being on a score sheet when Giannis honest is on the floor he really kind of has that takeover ability like very few players have just his freakish athleticism combined with his frame on both sides of the floor is kind of just the recipe for disaster Giannis is one of those guys too who's kind of just been quickly developing like over every single season he's played i i'm just i'm dreading the day when Giannis starts shooting six or seven threes a game and starts making three or four of them like it's going to be a scary sight
1: i think the fact that he's won two in a row pretty much is going to make sure that he's not going to win it this year because people are just going to have that voter fatigue and obviously Jokic you know all the credit to Jokic he's been amazing so I don't think Giannis would beat him anyways but in terms of two-way impact Giannis might be the best in the league he's averaging 28.5 points per game six assists 11.5 rebounds he's third in the league in defensive rating and uh the Bucks, you know haven't been as successful this year as as the past two seasons but they're, they're still one of the top teams in the league so I have him at number four I kind of was debating between him and Curry and you know maybe I, I probably should have swapped them if I'm being honest I might uh, might actually do that now I'll, I'll probably swap yeah Giannis should probably be three but either way he's uh, he's a monster so definitely in the conversation once again
0: yeah and I guess uh, wh- who'd you say you said uh, Giannis was your four right
1: yeah but I just moved him to three over Curry and uh, okay. I guess I have Kawhi Leonard as my number five
0: yeah so I have I'll, I'll do my four and five then so I have Dame at four kind of speaks for itself I mean Dame has played unbelievable this season not really much more to be said. I mean, l- although the Trailblazers haven't been, been kind of playing up to the expectation that they had going into the season, um, I mean, they're still an extremely talented team. And I think, uh, I mean, Dame's, <laughs> Dame's averages are still crazy. 20, 28.3 points, 7.5 assists, shooting fairly efficient considering how many shots he's uh, putting up. I mean, uh, thir- just uh, almost 38% from three, which considering he has 10.7 attempts a game is pretty nuts. Kind of just does it all. His ability to create for himself is kind of unmatched especially in today's league I put him right up there with Curry and Kyrie James kind of just done everything asked and, and I I really I do hope that they end up putting up a strong performance down the stretch here so that we could see Dame in a full series in the playoffs but time will tell there but I mean I guess I'll do my five real quick I mean it's Luca no surprise again one of those guys whose impact is beyond just his individual scoring I mean playing extremely well this season kind of just his impact on every single facet of the game is pretty evident I mean 28.6 points a game 8.7 assists um, almost eight rebounds a game is as well again just for how young he's being it's it's unbelievable to see how mature he is and poised on the court he makes extremely extremely difficult shots look routine much like Steph Curry does but I've been extremely impressed with Luca pretty much since he came into the league like I did not expect his immediate impact to be as influential as it was so to speak but he's really taken the league by storm and I really think his his respect in this league from fellow players and also analysts have gone up tremendously since the beginning of his career but he definitely deserves to be top five for me and I think uh, I think this season's very indicative of his potential going forward but I could definitely be convinced if he has a very strong run down the stretch I definitely think he could break into the top three
1: yeah I got Damon Luca at six and seven and I think both of them have very strong cases for the top five I just uh I think Kawhi's is getting underrated this season he's been he's been playing exceptionally well uh the clippers are 43 and 20 right now which is third best record in the league and they're one win behind the jazz they've played a couple more games so they're technically a little bit a little bit more games back but they're really right up there in terms of the best teams in the league and Kawhi is absolutely the main guy driving that team forward he's averaging about 26 points seven rebounds and a career high five assists per game shooting super efficient uh almost 52 percent from the field 39 percent from three and 88 percent from the free pillow line so he was 50 40 90 for a good chunk of the season he's not quite at that 50 40 90 bar but that's a high bar and He's right, he's right up there. So super efficient. Obviously, everyone knows he's a great defender in terms of two-way impact, efficiency, uh, leading that team. He he really fills all the boxes for me. And that's why he came in at number five on my list.
0: And I mean, I do just want to know really quick, like, even, even though my top five doesn't include certain players, I do want to give credit to three in particular, and that would be Curry, Kawhi, and Kyrie. It's, it's tough to say. It's very anecdotal. It's almost like picking your poison, like who you want to put there because they're all kind of suitable to be top five if not considered for the award. But in terms of the top, the top three in my mind are pretty locked. Like the only, the only ones that really are chalk for me right now in whatever order it may be are the four and five, which really on my bubble right now are Dame, Luca, Curry, Kawhi, and Kyrie. And I do just want to give him credit because they've all played unbelievable, as you said. I mean, Kawhi's had an extremely consistent season, much like he always does, career-high in assists. I mean, the Clippers are playing really well. Kyrie, again, has been a catalyst in the, the Nets' success this year, especially considering they haven't been able to put together uh, all three of them on the, on the floor. And uh, even same goes for Curry. I mean, Curry's been able to carry the Warriors almost single-handedly on his back through April. His averages have been video game-like, and I feel like that deserves a lot of credit. But it's just, in my mind, it's really hard to break into that top three considering how consistent and how impactful all of their performances have been for their teams, uh, referring to Jokic, Giannis, and Embiid. But I mean, this is probably one of the strongest and most contentious MVP races we've seen in a while. I don't think, at least for for basketball fans, I don't think we've seen a more tight-knit race between a top 10 assuming for the most part the top tier is the same for most people but i haven't really seen so many eligible candidates to break into the top tier of the award as i've seen this year
1: yeah i mean i have chris paul devin booker lebron james paul george jimmy butler and bradley beal not even in my top 10 (laughs) like bradley beal's leading the league in scoring he's not in my top 10 he could definitely break into uh, into that top 10 though especially with the wizards uh playing as well as they have uh lately
0: yeah, I uh I definitely want to revisit this in uh in about a week or two once we uh once we finally get to the end of the season, and we see what the play ins and then the playoffs look like. But uh I'm very intrigued. I'm very intrigued to see where this goes. I think again it is Jokic's award to lose. I mean, he's really done everything ass and he's played arguably the best of anybody in the NBA. And I think he's very deserving of the award. But I don't think it's gonna be honest. I think the three peat effect is definitely gonna be as you mentioned, voter fatigue is definitely gonna be an effect this year. But I think whether or not Jokic ends up for some reason having a dip in the next week and a half, two weeks and then Embiid ends up taking it I'd still be fine with that I mean Embiid's had an unbelievable season he's one of those guys that has an unreal two-way presence so either those guys are definitely justified to win or any even any of the guys below them if they end up having an unbelievable push like if Curry has a 40 point May that'd be more than justified for him to be thrusted into the top three if not top five at the the least but I'm gonna be very interested to see how how these look in the next uh in the next few weeks once we revisit these
1: yeah transitioning off that we can just Hop right into the All NBA teams because it's really just gonna be the same guys we're talking about. So we can kind of fly through this a little bit, uh, especially the first team. It's really just the guys we talked about, I would assume. So, yeah, uh, who's who's your All NBA first team?
0: Uh, my my All NBA first team is uh, Damian Lillard, Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kawhi Leonard, and Nikola Jokic.
1: Okay, I have the same except I have Steph instead of Dame, but those two are tough. Uh,
0: yeah, uh, do, do you want me to just run through both of my teams then, or all three? I guess.
1: Yeah, sure. Let's just move on to the second. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, so my second is uh, Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, uh, LeBron James, Julius Randle, and Joel Embiid.
1: Yeah, I have the same thing again, except uh, like I said last time, uh, I have Dame here instead of Steph, but same Mm. thing really.
0: And then I guess, I guess I might as well just round it out with my third team and then you could start with the rookies next, but I have, uh, my third team is Bradley Beal, James Harden, Jalen Brown, Zion Williamson, and Rudy Gobert.
1: All right pretty much the same i just have i have jimmy butler instead of jalen brown but i i can't knock you for that brown pick he's been he's been great this season
0: yeah uh jalen brown's been really impressive i mean he's he's one of those guys who i definitely in any other season i think would be very much in contention for most improved player i mean you could have even said that last season or sorry i guess two seasons ago going into last season but uh I mean, he's, he's really uh, improved a lot and considering the Celtics haven't really been playing up to expectations, at least in my mind for a lot of the season, they haven't been playing well as of late. Jalen Brown's really been one of the shining stars of that franchise for the last few years. And I think his, uh, his potential going forward, especially seeing the early indication, um, from not only this season, but the seasons prior, I think is uh very indicative of, uh, his potential going forward. I think he could definitely break into that superstar mold for sure.
1: Yeah. Looking at all the, all the names here that I had is, a. Uh... As honorable mentions, it's just ridiculous, especially at the guard position. You got Paul George, Ben Simmons, Trey Young, Zach Levine, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, De'Aaron Falk. And then uh, in the forwards, you got Jason Tatum, DeMontis Sabonis, Jeremy Grant. Durant, I kind of threw in there, but I don't think he's played enough games, so I didn't really even consider him. And then uh, at center, you got Bam Adebayo. And I would say Nikola Vucevic. I think those are the only two that could maybe beat bear for that third spot but I think it's unlikely yeah I,
0: I don't disagree with that at all and I mean a lot of those honorable mentions are definitely guys that again any other year would definitely make one of these teams or even in these last two weeks we could definitely see the shift a lot uh whatever whatever trends we end up seeing but again like much like the awards I definitely want to revisit this see what it looks like uh see what it looks like in a few weeks but uh do you want to start out with your two uh rookie teams
1: yeah sure so for all rookie position doesn't matter thankfully because otherwise it would be very tough to fill out some of these spots because it's it's very guard heavy uh rookie class especially at the top so my all rookie first team is four point guards and a shooting guard i've got lamella ball anthony edwards emmanuel quickly tyrese halliburton and cole anthony and then for the second team i've got theo maladin sadiq bay jay sean tate patrick williams and james wiseman
0: Okay, so we have the exact same list, except you swapped Cole Anthony with Wiseman for mine. So Wiseman's the only outstanding guy in my first team for what you just listed. And then uh, Cole Anthony's in your first team, and uh, he's in my second team. Again, all of those guys, I mean, I can't really argue with that. There's really, <laughs> like in terms of individuals, LaMelo before he got hurt was the clear-cut rookie of the year and I think he still is. Anthony Edwards has put up an extremely strong effort to uh, to impose that, but I think especially pending LaMelo Ball's return soon, uh, at least tentative right now. I don't know when the actual date is, but I think it's still LaMelo's uh, award to lose, especially since he's going to return for a few games, so I assume he's only going to bolster his campaign. The Halliburton's played unbelievable quickly. He's been a fairly large part considering as a rookie of the, uh, of the Knicks' success this year. Wiseman has come a long way a very short time okay, pretty much everyone in the second team is the same thing i mean cole Anthony's had an extremely strong stretch in the last uh latter half of the season uh Deshaun tate Sadiq bay Theodore maladin all been playing really well all season and patrick williams i've been extremely impressed with i mean i mentioned him uh i mentioned his ability in the paint kind of t- deterring shots and kind of putting up extremely good contests considering that he's a rookie i mean he's played with very very good poise and i really like what he brings to the table defensively
1: yeah i think uh this rookie class is very deep a lot of guys that that definitely could uh worked their way into that second team. I think uh, guys like Isaac Okoro, who's been playing very good defensively, especially, but even uh, putting up some decent numbers. Desmond Baines, another name that comes to mind. Uh, Isaiah Stewart's played very well recently. Alexei Pokashevsky of course I'm a big your fan favorite of his. your
0: favorite player.
1: Yep and uh Jaden McDaniel's is another name that uh he doesn't put up the most like amazing numbers but his defensive impact has really impressed me so he's another guy that I I think should get some consideration. It's a very very tough uh tough group to crack here. I think we got a pretty good group of 10 no matter who you who you handed to out of those guys.
0: Yeah for sure. And I guess I'll just run through my defensive teams uh I, I we did two defensive teams real quick so I'll do I'll do mine. So at the guards I have Lou Dort, Ben Simmons, then at the forwards I have Giannis, and then I have Jimmy Butler, and then my center is Rudy Gobert. Then my second team is Drew Holiday, Chris Paul, Draymond Green, Julius Randle, and Clint Capella.
1: Yeah, a lot of uh, similar names for me. Uh, My first team is Ben Simmons, Drew Holiday, Giannis Antetokounmpo, OG Anunobi. And Rudy Gobert, and then for my second team, I've got Lou Dort, Matisse Thibel, Draymond Green, Julius Randall, and Miles Turner.
0: Matisse, Matisse Thibel, I really like that pick as well. He wasn't really a guy that I thought of actually. That's uh, that's a really good show.
1: Yeah, he's huge for them. Uh, just an absolute monster on defense. Very versatile. Uh, gets a lot of steals. Those long arms huh, definitely help for Philly.
0: <laughs> I guess, I guess, barring anything else you wanted to talk about pretty long episode, but I mean, we covered a lot, honestly, a lot of things that I really wanted to talk about. I mean, the award race is always something that I'm very interested in, regardless of what sport it is. Basketball, especially, it's been extremely polarizing with a lot of the trends and a lot of the injuries that we've seen a lot of players rising and falling as, uh, as the weeks go on. So really there's still 10, 11 games for most teams left. Like, there's still a lot of room for this to change.
1: Yeah. The only real thing I, I want to bring up is that I'm thinking about doing sort of a poll where people can vote for their own ballots. We're going to we're gonna try to set that up uh, probably on the Instagram or possibly on the website as well. Uh, I'm going to have to talk to Curtis about that, but uh, just keep on the lookout for that. I w- I'll probably do that after the season is, has completed so that we have the full picture by that point, but definitely look forward to that in the future. And if you want to vote, please do. It would be a We'd love to have your uh, votes count towards that. And then I'll probably write an article uh, releasing all the results. So,
0: yeah, I mean, as Nolan said, definitely, uh, definitely try to get involved with that. We're going to be doing a lot more interactive content coming up. So we'd love to hear your feedback on some uh, on some hot sports takes and some other things along those lines. Be sure, to, be sure to check out our other content as well. We have the Blue Jays Way podcast with Tyler and Curtis. That is a very, very good podcast. In terms of A list guests, you won't get much better than that. I mean, the first two episodes have extremely, extremely great guests, extremely great listens. So be sure to go check those out. Besides that, I guess no one, no one, you have anything uh, you want to say?
1: Yeah, just don't miss out on the uh, Spiked podcast, our new football podcast with uh, Robert and Jack on the lookout for that
0: very very exciting time for otl especially with everyone finishing school we're going to be pushing forward with a lot of great projects coming up so definitely be sure to tune in but yeah this has been the sixth episode of the over the line sports layup line again have a great day as always and do not smoke your layups